Welcome to Soul Inspired Leadership's latest podcast. And today I have an interesting guest from Ontario in Canada, Chris D. Lewis. Now, Chris is is a retired commissioner of the Ontario Police Force, known as OPP, Canada's second largest police service. And in in 2014, that's when he retired. So he's been, he's been, he pulled up stumps a couple of years, a few years ago now. He had served at all ranks across the Ontario uh, for 36 years in front in frontline service delivery, various investigative disciplines and a number of senior command positions within investigations and organised crime and in field operations. The OPP is comprised of over 9,000 personnel providing municipal and provincial policing services across over 1 million square kilometres, big as Australia by the sounds of it, of his of territory. As commissioner, he ultimately oversaw all administrative and operations, including traffic and marine safety, as well as emergency response and specialised and organised crime investigations throughout the province of Ontario. In 2016, Chris published his book entitled Never Stop on a Hill, which is described as transferable lessons in leadership from the eyes of a police chief. He is the author of numerous articles on leadership and continues to lecture across North America. Chris is also the public safety analyst for the CTV television network in Canada, appearing regularly on television and radio newscasts. Welcome, Chris. Hi, Ross. So, so look, we've been having a chat off air, and, and, and when you look at um, your book, for example, Never Stop on a Hill, you're talking about one of the main things that you have a, a beef about is, yes, people hold people accountable, but it's more of a checklist and not actually a quality accountable. So what do you mean by that? Well, I guess what I have seen and what I continue to hear from uh, within the policing world, yep. for sure, and, and I think across all organizations, is uh, people trying to show and demonstrate uh, how effective they are as a leader by being hard on the people they lead. Yeah. And not realizing that they're never going to meet the goals and meet the, the goals and the, the strategies within the strategic plan and deliver on all the metrics uh, if people aren't buying in. And they're not going to buy in if they don't feel supported, understood, appreciated, listened to, uh, and, and certainly held accountable, but not done in a way that makes them want to quit the job. And that mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be happening out there. And, and I continually hear it. Uh, th- quotes like, Ross, uh, he doesn't even know my name. Or he wrote me up because I was five minutes late for work when the day before I worked an extra two hours and hey, you know, didn't hey. so much time overtime. And in all little examples, I'm sure there's other sides too, but we need to support people, not beat them up to the point that they don't even want to come to work anymore. And that's happening in an alarming way. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand that. Um, and I've actually uh, had some, uh, I've had guests on the show that are um, still in the military and um, it's, it's, a, it's a similar sort of message. Because we tend to look at uh, more structured environments like policing and military, and that 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 you just the, the sergeant yelling at people all the time. But at the end of the day, they don't, in the sense that um, they realise they've got to allow people to want to be doing it. But in that case, that's when they think for themselves. That's right. And, and if and you're they don't going think to themselves, and they're in a in a situation. They're looking around for someone to tell them what to do, but if they think for themselves because they want to be there, then they're more effective. 
Well, that's right. And, and mm. most of the people that are doing the job, whatever organization, day after day, know the job better than the boss does. Yeah. Uh, and quite often, um, they know what they're doing. And if they're given certain parameters and allowed to take a bit of risk in certain situations, follow the policy, but sometimes the policy doesn't fit. Do what you have to do to make it work for the betterment of the organization, the client yeah, we're yeah. serving. They're going to make mistakes. And then you have to look at it as was it with malice or, or was it just they tried their best and yeah. then react accordingly and uh, not beat people up for minor things, particularly when there's favoritism involved. And, you know, Billy can do whatever he wants, yeah. but poor Susie <laughs> makes a mistake and she's brought uh, up uh, yeah, you know, on the carpet. Yeah. And that's just not right. Yeah, and that's right. And like there again, you brought up another point is that they uh the favoritism or the you know the the bias you have for different people um it's you just got to eradicate that it's hard people do have a lot of subconscious bias but it's but you've got to eradicate it to get the best out of everyone for sure and you and i probably worked for and led people that we didn't particularly like <laughs> in terms of having them over for dinner or, or yeah. you know having a drink and a cigar on, on the yeah. patio yeah. But that doesn't mean they're not good employees that try their best and, and deserve to be treated differently than the ones you happen to like and want to socialize with. Yeah. So, and, and, that, and that's a sad reality out there. Some people mm. can do nothing right. Others can do nothing wrong. And that's not leadership. You know, leadership's no. giving everyone the same opportunities, treating them fairly, helping them yeah. succeed, and inspiring them to be their yeah. best. That's right. And it's often, I've usually say on this show quite a bit that really, you don't make judgments of people. That judgments are for a court, um, and, and not not in leadership. You can assess people, yes, where they're challenged and where they need to improve, or, or you know, and the assessments more. How can I help them improve, uh, or are, or are they in the right job? That's an That's assessment, right. but not a judge, not a judgment. Oh, they're no good. Now you never say that. That's their challenges. Are they in the right position? If they are, then how can I develop them? To, to lower those challenges, et cetera, et cetera, improve their competency. But, well, that's uh, right. And it's about knowing your people, knowing their strengths right. and weaknesses, knowing what makes them tick, knowing them on a personal level in terms of they're married, they have kids, they have a mother that's ill, hmm. you know, they have a kid that's having uh, just in trouble with the police or whatever the case may be so yeah. that you can be there to support them and that's know right. that maybe they're not having a great day for because of other issues and but being there to say, hey, do you need anything? Can I help you in any way? Uh, and trying to inspire them to be their best. Now, we all work for people that we would do anything for, take a bullet for. That's right. And we all work for people that we'd rather probably put a bullet in. <laughs> yes, right. Uh, you know, and, and I saw it. I lived it. I experienced it. We both mm. have. But we remember that. We remember those good leaders that were there for us and inspired us to come to work every day. And you wanted to see them every day when you walked in the door. That's and right. we remember that those is. leaders that made us want to quit. And so, you know, from that, from that leadership perspective, people need to get the message that remember the good leaders and do what they did. Remember the bad so-called leaders and never do the, what they did. Mm. And you're going to be a better leader. Just, just right. with that simple little rule. That's right, because and that's right. Yes, because sometimes if you you're working for a bad leader, um, I was talking about about this to someone just recently. It's not a matter. It's not just a matter of just quitting the day the day after you've got this bad leader. The key is, if I stay a bit longer, I may learn some of my best teachings I'll ever have by exactly what you're saying. What they do, yeah. I'll just do the damn opposite. But but you're learning, <laughs> and you and you're learning the feeling of how badly they can make people feel and and uh and operate so in learning Very that true. it becomes so much stronger in your own leadership not to be doing it that way 
and exactly. because all learnings are there. So don't run away from sometimes a, a, a bad teaching. Um, stay as long as you can to learn something. I mean, you don't have to stay 100 years. You'll learn it pretty damn quick with a bad leader. <laughs> you sure do. <laughs> they they tend to impact you more at an emotional right. level, and you it's, don't forget yeah. that. And no, I worked not. for a, a guy years ago that was a terrible leader, and he treated everybody awfully. And my the boss above him come in the office one day, and he said to me, how are you getting along with? And he pointed his head at, right. the, at the corporal's door, and I said, he's a useless goof. Yeah. you know. And I shouldn't have said that. And the staff sergeant stopped and looked at me and said, he's not useless. He's a perfectly good, bad example. He yeah. said, watch everything that moron does and don't ever do any of it. And you'll be a success on this job. Yeah, and see, I took that of, to heart and yeah, I carried that thought with me since. Yeah, that's that's yeah. exactly. That's a cracker. He's not useless. <laughs> perfectly well, good, bad example. Yeah, perfectly good, bad example. Yeah, I've had a couple of those. Uh, yeah, but then that's a question I often ask people when I'm coaching them. I, I get try to get them to sit and reflect. Given that people, you only remember your bosses how they made you feel, not what they made you think. It's, and that the feelings come back. It's either a good feeling or it's a bad feeling. And then I just say, so what do you want them to be feeling if I go and ask them in five years about your leadership, about you as a person? What do you want them to be telling me? And they sit and think, and it's, I've never really had anyone yet. I've had a couple that got a bit tempted, but when they really started to think about it deep down in their own, in, within their soul, they always, it's always a positive. That's you good. Know? That's great. But it yeah. pops out of their head sometimes as a negative. Oh, yeah, and no, I like that, that toughness. But then when they yeah. start thinking about it, 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 it reverts to something positive. So they, in deep down, we all want to be seen as in a positive light not in a negative light because deep down they know that they can be a tyrant and they know it's not liked deep down yeah. but on the on the, the surface in their headspace they think that's cool it's an ego thing right but when they right really on. get close they go oh yeah i think you're right yeah well and the true leaders are want to reflect on being yeah. better they want to learn from what other people tell them they encourage the feedback you know they want to to they want to understand yeah. what they could have done better themselves because it's all about making other people better and, and having that impact and that influence and, and, and inspiration. So if you're not reflecting on that stuff, you're never going to be successful. As a leader. That's right. That's right. So it's, it's about reflecting on your leadership. And that's what the word is, leadership. You're leading people. You're not a leader of one. I mean, you, you, I, I, I rephrase that. Self-leadership, or leadership starts with self-leadership. So, yes, you are a leader of one. It's how you treat yourself first and foremost then but you then concentrate and reflect on how am i getting the best out of those people now, if that's not a question that comes up in your in your in your wheelhouse then you're not a yep. leader you're not a leader of people absolutely ross and if you're not that. thinking when you when you communicate how are they going to take this what are their what are their fears what are they mm. thinking what are you know and 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 subsequently judge your communication style and your words accordingly that's like a communication strategist for a politician or for a company or for a media a spokesperson yeah. what is the audience looking for here you still want to be honest and and, and but you have to fashion your message to suit those that you can just say, hey, Bill, go do this right away for me, please. Versus, hey, Sally, come here for a sec. I need a hand with this. And if you could help me out, mm. I'd appreciate it. Here's yeah. what I'd like you to do, because that's a different audience than Bill. And yeah. not all leaders are good at that. No, no, because like some of them, there again, it all comes from whatever ego things they have or, or in their own 
mindset is about uh, even berating someone in front of others. Like leaders just think, oh, well, that just shows that I'm strong and that's good. And I often challenge them and say, so how much are you paying that person per hour? Oh, the, uh, whatever it is, $300 or something. Well, I said, for the next two or three hours, they're going to sit there and stew and do absolutely nothing constructive. So you've just wasted $600, $900. So if you're doing that across, and not just that, the people who you, who watch the, you berating that person, they're also not working because they're worried now, will I ever have that situation? Will I ever be picked on? Or they're feeling sorry for the person that you berated. So you've now just wasted several thousand dollars for a 10-minute explosion. I said, I can't see the logic in that. So they don't think of those things. When you're not you're lost working, trust forever. Producing. Yeah, and you lost trust forever. So like yeah. it, it's it's it gets your head out of the out of the leadership, lead from the heart when you start thinking those things because you're wanting to connect, all those things, and then you start having people effective, actually earning what you're paying them per hour. Probably earning a lot more than what you're paying them because they're wanting to do it. They're highly more effective. Those people that would take a bullet for the true leaders out there because they built that trust. They have that yeah. that that belief that hey, if I screw up, he's going to tell me, uh, but he's going to do it in a way that's going to make me better because it's yeah. about me, not about making himself look good. It's about making me look good. And if and, and without that, you lose that connection, and and it's very very difficult to get it back if ever. Oh yeah, you're right there because uh, you're losing trust. It's oh. Uh, it takes a bit to gain, but it takes a second to lose. So, that's right. Yeah. yeah, and almost impossible to get back. Very, yeah, that's like, yeah, it's it's hard work to get back. Um, so, in that in that situation, you, as we we're saying before, like you you uh, had nine thousand people in within your your area of responsibility. How did you work on trickling down some of these, this, like the, what we're discussing now? I mean, you don't know um, 9,000 people's names. and <laughs> well, you might know their I names. I knew a lot of them, though. Yeah, I know, but, but you, that, that's <laughs> yeah, the key. You make an effort. You make an I effort. made an effort. That's right. I'm lucky, too, that I, I'm good with names and faces, and <laughs> that comes naturally to me. But I do make an effort, and, and I like to remember things about people. And so leading by example and creating that a culture while the de- where the deputy commissioners knew they could come to me and say, we don't agree with this, or we'd have the dialogue before the decision was made often, but sometimes not, uh, and know that, 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 hey, what's wrong? What, you know, what could I have done differently? And, and then, you know, creating that thought process in them that yeah. that trickles down to others, you know, right down from the commissioner to the, to the stenographer and the detachment in Northern Ontario, people feel like they have a say, you know, and, and, and that they're part of the organization, part of the team, and that the boss wants to know what we think. And, yeah. and so that's a tough culture to create. And, and I undoubtedly failed in many fronts, but I, I, I certainly did my best to know people, make sure they know I know them, I, I appreciate them, and everybody in between us having that same mindset. Some would roll yeah. their eyes and say, oh, here he goes again. Yeah. He's talking to the secretary because <laughs> he used to work with her dad 30 years ago. Yeah. She'll never forget that I went over and say, hey, I, how's your dad do it? You yeah. know, I worked with him 30 years ago. Hmm. Why not? Why wouldn't you do those things when those opportunities present? themselves uh, that's right yeah there's there's um there's a very good leader um didn't i didn't work for but i know people that did and that and he was a ceo of a very large company uh global company and, and he used to do this the, the little one percenters as i say good leaders do the one percenters things that you don't have to do just like going over and talking to mary about, about a father simple little things that 
whenever he engaged with someone, he'd stop for a minute as soon as he got out of the out of the, the office for a bit of quiet time and he'd write a note. He'd write himself notes. He had otherwise he couldn't remember all these things. Any little yeah. thing he engaged with, he'd go back and dictate a note or write a note. And he had pages of them, where they were, all that. So when he went back there, he'd go back in, in the two years' time and ask them a question about something they conversed on two years ago. That's and, neat. To, and people used to love it. And oh, that's yeah. what they did. They they would go, they would go into, as they say in Australia, go into bat for you, right? So like it's they'll do anything for you, take a bullet, as you're saying, right? Because that's those little one percenters make a massive difference. It just shows that you're interested in people. That's right. And you remember, you know, that we had a, a, a cleaning lady, to use that term, janitor, in our, one of our buildings, and her mm. husband worked for us as well, and their kid was a uniformed officer. They were yeah. civilians, the, the parents. Yeah. And if I saw her in the hallway and said, hey, how's that your son doing over whatever detachment, she just would beam with pride that the commissioner yeah. would talk to her because no one else would, yeah. uh, and ask about her son. Yeah, and he knows about uh, her son. You know, oh, yeah, and yeah. it's not rocket science. You yeah. know, and I think of people I dealt with over the years, uh, very high-ranking in government even, say, how are you doing? You know, you get back to Sault Ste. Marie, your hometown lately, because they remembered yeah. that little yeah. piece. Yeah. And, and even as a 60-year-old man, that would make me feel good that they actually thought enough of me to take the time, look me in the eye, ask about my parents, and remember where I'm from. Yeah. So there's and, a real and, lesson in that on a broad yeah. scale. And that's that there again, it's the, the one percenters um, that you do. Uh, so um, just one one last question. So we're probably running out of time. So when you're saying that you, you, you're connecting with people as much as you can, um, when you're looking at your, your own team, how did you roll out the sort of the leadership? Because you're saying, oh, I've got people at the bottom. You so say you might be talking to the, the janitor. <laughs> you're, talking, yep. you're talking to the, I guess, uh, people around you. What about right. the, the, the the massive middle, the middle management? How did you connect with them? What was, huge, your, what was your plan? Huge communication strategy. Mm. And, and it was 99% of most of my days. Uh, I'd sign documents and crap at night because I wanted yeah. to be talking to people during the day, yeah. whether it was video conferences, whether it was attachment visits. And we had 165 detachments across Ontario, a big piece of geography, <laughs> uh, whether it was uh, putting out memos, sending out broad emails, every way that I could to communicate so people would know what's going on, attending training sessions, going in to say, ask, say a few words, get questions from the groups. I'd speak on leadership at all the different levels of the organization when there was training courses on senior management right down to junior NCOs. Yeah, yeah. With my vision on leadership, I'd write articles and sent them out. And it was, I loved doing it. Mm. Uh, it's really who I am as a person, the, the yeah, part yeah. of the job that I loved. Uh, and, and it helped, it really helped. It, once again, I didn't get it right all the time. Nobody does, but I certainly tried my best and, and I think it made a big difference. Well, there again, you're on the money. You tried your best and you weren't perfect. That's a good sign of a good lead at the end of the day. Because when you think you're 100% perfect, then I suspect I challenge you. To, I'll challenge that person <laughs> on their leadership prowess because it's all in the mind. Because it's some of them perfect. really truly think they do know it's, it all. Yeah. It's never perfect. Because that, you, yeah. in your 9,000 people, there'd be people leading other teams that, that you'd probably want to strangle. So you can't control all that. Over time, you might weed them out over time or yep, yep. get them to move, get them to, to move to your way of thinking. But it takes time when you've got that sort of volume of people. Yes, That's you can right. get your direct reports that, um, 
operating the way you want a bit quicker than the person who's about five layers down in the middle far corner of Ontario. It's a bit more difficult. That's right. But, yep. but all you can do is just keep working on it and keep telling right. people to, to reach out, if nothing else, with understanding well, mindset. My, yeah. That's right. They knew my expectations, uh, you know, from the supervisory leadership position across the organization. If they didn't do it, then hopefully those above them would keep them accountable and try yeah, and make and them better it. and help them, you know. And, and so somewhere in the middle, lots of things happen. None of us will ever know. Yeah, but I think generally speaking, the will became very yeah. apparent right across the board. And that's the key. That's the key. But, well, Chris, well, it's been great having a chat today. Um, you too, the, Ross. The Wednesday evening for you, Thursday morning for me. So uh, I think no, it was great. I'm really glad we got to talk. I, I see you on Twitter all the time. We talk back and forth on occasion, but True, face to face and, and actually hearing your voice has been great. I enjoyed talking to you very much. And th look, thanks to uh, the, the listeners out there for listening to our podcast. And uh, please be happy, be welcome to join us for another one. Anytime. I'm always available. Thank you. Thank you, Russ.